One and one on Jose. All eyes on the mound and the bearded Sam Dyson. Now he comes set. Kicks. The 1-1 one, one pitch. Fly ball deep left field. Yes, sir. There she goes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bat Flip Nation. This is a Toronto Blue Jays podcast where four best friends gather around every week and talk about the Blue Jays. I'm Dan. I'm joined here today with Randy. Hey, guys. Rob. Hello. And Ryan. Hey, everyone. The Blue Jays are coming off a ho-hum 3-3 three and three week. They just won their second series of the year. But the big story this week, Joe Biagini makes his first career start first major league start of his career. He goes four innings today, gave up one unearned run, and the Blue Jays went on to win the game. My question for you guys is, how important is Joe Biagini going to be to this team this year? Ryan, what do you think? Well, he's been important to this team since he came here, which is pretty crazy given the fact that he was a a Rule 5 pick and had done nothing really or had never had a chance up to this point um, in his career, came in last year, just excelled in that in that role. Basically, worked himself to the setup role, um, one of the setup roles there, and he's continued to do that this year. Now it shows his versatility; like he can be used as a starter. Lord knows they need another one with all the injuries they have and how horrible Latos has been, how horrible Lawrence has been. Like this is awesome. Good to see that BG can come in there and basically just be equally as dominant as he's been out of the bullpen. It's kind of hard to know what he will like what he could do as a starter and we got to see we got a little taste today of what he can do there. Yeah, I would have liked to see him go one more inning. Uh for some some selfish reasons, I missed the first four innings of today's game. So I didn't actually get to see him start, but also just for him to test himself on like the second time through the order cuz that's something he's never had to do at the major league level. At least he got he got four good innings in today, and it didn't look like the Rays had had caught up to him the second time through. No, I didn't kind of tell that his inning limit or his pitching limit must have been fifty for sure. His pitching limit was uh, no more than sixty, is what okay. what they announced beforehand. So I think had he have gone out for that fifth inning, he absolutely would have gone over that. So they would have had to take him out in the middle of the inning. So they thought, I'm assuming, just better to leave it at four good innings than four and a half and potentially get roughed up in the fifth. But we were talking before we started this, I actually didn't know this this news that the the Blue Jays DFA'd Matt Latos. So like Biagini becomes an even more important piece of this this puzzle with the injuries and I mean he's gonna be important even coming out of the bullpen. But the the now added responsibility of being a starter. Rob, what do you think about Joe Biagini going forward for the rest of this year. Well, I hope I see a lot more of what I did today. Um, he's definitely capable, it looks like, of filling in for a little while until their starters come back and filling in effectively. So I, I was okay with him taking him out after four innings. Just you don't want to overexert him on his first one. Next time he goes out, he'll be able to probably throw five, maybe six, depending on how well he's throwing. And uh, maybe one time after that, then he'll be up to a normal workload. Uh, he can throw almost 100 pitches. I think they'll 
they'll try and keep him reined in and not let him go too high just because he's hasn't done it in two years really since he was back in double a starting but uh i think he can bridge the gap to when these starters come back i don't think he's the long-term solution i think he has shown that his value is in the pen and i'm kind of worried about the pen while he's starting look looks like joe smith starting to come around which is good uh that they can lean on him in the eighth inning instead of Grilly, who's shown that he doesn't have it this year so hopefully through tapera even loops not been too bad this year smith and osuna hopefully the bullpen can survive with him in the rotation uh, but i think he is destined to go back there uh, as soon as possible and uh that that'll just fortify the bullpen even more when he goes back there. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to stay in the the rotation all season. I mean, once happens, Sanchez are healthy again, it would be silly for them to keep him there. So I think he, you're right. He is destined to go back. However, this has been like I mean, it's awesome that we have this weapon. Our our spot starts so far this year have not been good, right? At least this one was passable. Four innings, one run. You're being yes. Nice. Let's keep in mind that it is the Tampa Bay Rays. So let's uh, see how he does against Seattle coming up later this week and see if he can re- replicate the success. It was the Rays in Tampa, though, right? The Blue Jays <laughs> just won a series in Tampa Bay. That doesn't happen too much, and Biagini was a huge part of that. Maybe huge is a bit of an overstatement. He only went four innings, but they just got to be 10 and 20 for that to happen. Randy, what are you thinking about about Joe Biagini here as our our number five starter right now? I think he's a good short term fix. He, I mean, I didn't see the game today, but I can tell by his numbers that looks like he threw a lot better than Latos and Lawrence did. Um, so at this point, you would think he's our number four starter after the top three. So he's definitely going to be in there a couple more turns. You would think it looks like Sanchez might be the first one back out of the, out of the two there. But if half so for another couple of weeks, um, definitely could see Biagini getting two, three, four more starts. But the first thing I thought of, like Rob said, was it, it affects the bullpen. Now you plug one hole and you have another leak in the bullpen now because the bullpen has not been strong and you've only got a couple guys that seem to be reliable down there. Um, you know, it looks like Joe Smith is your eighth inning guy, but you expected a lot more out of Grilly. He needs to become a mop-up guy. Um, Biagini is one of your late inning guys that you can rely on and he's gone now. Um, so there's some question marks down there. Um, but definitely short term, it looks like he's in a, it's going to be okay in the rotation there and see what he can do. I mean, a couple of years ago, Estrada came into the rotation on a, a spot start type of thing late in April and he went on a run for five months. I don't think Biagini will do the same thing, but you never know. You never know how he does. It's not like, uh, Liriano is blowing the doors off here, so we'll see how how he how how he goes here in the next couple of turns. So yeah, you guys now both Randy and Rob have mentioned the the damage this does to our pen. Uh, what do you guys think about the chances of Danny Barnes sticking around to maybe fill that hole? I mean, so far he's looked good. He hasn't given up any runs yet this year. I think he's pitched nine innings. That'd be great if he could continue to do that. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're going to try and keep Tapera to piggyback off of Biagini starts in the short term. 
to get through two or three innings after Biagini goes. So if that Barnes can step in on the other days uh, while they're saving to Para, then that would be great. So I was actually thinking about Barnes as kind of our seventh inning guy, using him in a bit more of a high leverage situation. Possible. Is that something that could fill the back end of our of our bullpen with Smith being eight? Because, I mean, right now you can't throw Grilly in a high leverage situation. Every single thing that he's throwing is going right down the middle. At this point, whoever can get the outs, right? So it looks like even Loop is pitching well this year. So he's probably part of the seventh inning mix. But I think for sure Joe Smith is the eighth inning guy right now. It looks like maybe Loop and Barnes in the seventh. I mean, I don't know how much I don't know how much you can go to Howell and Grilly right now because they're not pitching well. They've got the track record, but I think at this point you need guys who are getting the outs, and those guys aren't getting it. So they're towards the bottom of the uh, the totem pole there. Yeah, Danny Barnes is just an interesting character to me because he has pitched so well in the minor leagues. He's pitched well when he's been up in the in the majors, but it seems like nobody talks about him. And, and part of that is he was a 35th round draft pick in 2010. Like he's not a highly touted guy that was coming up, you know, making big money right away. He's kind of had to, to scratch and claw his way to the major leagues. And I guess maybe it's just going to take him some time to to earn a little bit more respect. But from what he's done, I'd be perfectly comfortable seeing what he can do in a high leverage situation. And I was right. I'm looking at it now. It is nine innings of of no earned runs against so far this year. And that's over six appearances. I, I think that he might be... It might be worth throwing him into that seventh inning role this week and seeing how it goes. He's only with the team right now because of Sanchez's DL stint. That's up. Uh, Sanchez is scheduled to be back with the team this weekend. So if he comes off and they, they send Barnes back down to the minors, at least then we'll have have an idea of what he's got. I just, I'm not... You know, my thing with Biagini, obviously, I think he's better served in the bullpen because that means our our rotation is is healthy. But I don't know that we'll feel his absence as much as I initially thought. And and Barnes is part of the the reason there, along with Loop and and Tapera too, and Joe Smith. Things are starting to look up on that end for us. So that'll take us to our pizza bet for this week. So it's my turn to to set a line here. So we're looking at the number of starts that Joe Biagini will make for this season. And we're going to include the one today. So he's already he's already at one. I had a hell of a time setting this line. I actually have three numbers written in front of me. And my hope was that you guys would tip your hand during the the conversation here and kind of lead me down one way or the other as to uh to what line to set you didn't give me that so i'm going to go <laughs> right down the middle i'm going to pick the the number that i have in the middle i'm going to set the line at seven and a half so joe biagini starts for this year seven and a half randy what do you think huh it's a, a good line um Seven and a half, so he's going to get two for sure. 
Uh, we know that. So, um, I'll go with over. Looks like we're going to have some some injuries in rotation this year. So, I'll take over seven and a half. Ryan. Yeah, I agree with Randy. <clears throat> it's really hard to set a number on this one, but I'm in agreement that I, um, this rotation will never be as healthy as it was last year. Well, it already hasn't been. Um, and who knows how long this, this injury with Sanchez can leg on. So I think he'll get his starts too. I think seven and a half. I'm going to go over as well. All right, Rob. I would say under if I wasn't thinking about the trade deadline. Because I think that we're going to be out of it and there's possibility that we're going to ship a pitcher or two and then we'll need someone to take over those starts. And it seems to me that Biagini would be one of the first choices when that happens because he's going to be starting here. Um, it seems like he'll get a few, go back to the pen, and then once the deadline hits and they sell, potentially that he would slip back in and that would push him over. So I'm, if, if I wasn't worried about the deadline, I'd say under, but I am worried about them trading a Liriano or a, a Hap or an Estrada at the deadline. So I think I will go over as well. All right. So that leaves me as, as the lone man on the, the under here. I, yeah, like I said, I, I had some trouble setting this line. And my, num- my numbers were actually three and a half, seven and a half, and ten and a half. And basically what I wanted to get out of you guys was, were you all thinking this was going to be one or two more starts, then he's back in the pen for the rest of the year? Or do you guys think that basically what Rob, what you just said, that this team might sell at the deadline, he could be a starter for all of August and September, and maybe even get a couple starts after the, the All-Star break. Uh, and and maybe bring that up closer to ten. So you guys never really tipped your hand one way or the other. So that's why I took my my middle number there at seven and a half. But I do think that this will be over. Uh, I was hoping that that one of you guys would go under, but we'll see if it if it does turn out to be under. It's because this team has been healthy and successful. So I'm not going to be yeah. too disappointed in that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's under. I was really close to going with under, but I don't think he's going to be in it in it in the short term for very long it's just whether he goes back at any point this at any point this season see and that's part of my concern is we still don't really have any information on hap right he threw what i was just looking at this before he threw 30 to 40 times from 75 feet on saturday so he's still working towards throwing from 120 which is sort of the like the gold standard before he can throw a a side session and then a rehab assignment they seem to be coming along slowly at least the information that we're getting on him is coming out slowly he's certainly going to miss his next start i'm assuming he's going to miss maybe two or three more before he's back and what happens if all of a sudden you know there's a setback and this turns into another month maybe two months then all of a sudden biagini's looking like a lock for the over so Hap's sort of uncertainty right now is kind of what was pushing me towards like my expectation is that this this bet will go over seven and a half. But and obviously there's a lot of uncertainty. It's one start, like Rob said, it was a raise, but you never know. Got a definitely a tougher test coming up next. 
So yeah, time will tell if he can continue this, but that was awesome. Good start. Great to see. How much tougher of a test is Seattle though? They haven't Tampa been sucks. Sucks better Tampa not. sucks. Tampa sucks. They <laughs> got some better bats in their lineup, that's for sure. No kidding. I don't think I don't see any Robinson Cano's or Nelson Cruz's in Tampa's lineup. That's fair. They they've got more power, but I mean they're they're 15 and 17 right now. The Rays are 16 and 17. Like I don't think there's that big of a gap right now between those two teams. But I guess we'll find out later this week. Hopefully the hopefully the Mariners suck too and we can wipe the floor with them. <laughs> well, it'll be that easy. Their good pitchers are on the DL, so that'll help. That will help us, yeah. Before we get to Seattle, we're going to see the return of Edwin Encarnacion. The Cleveland Indians come into town starting tomorrow night. Randy, when Roy Halladay returned with the Phillies, you and I were there close to tears. Is it going to be the same type of scene when we're there tomorrow to greet Edwin? Uh, I don't think so, no. Um I think his first at bat, he will get a standing ovation. Um, and I think it's well deserved. And then I think after that, it'll just become a, a regular game. Um, he accomplished quite a bit here, and he was definitely a huge part of the success the last couple postseasons, the last couple seasons. Um, you know, so I think he definitely deserves and he will get a good ovation tomorrow. Um, I don't think it'll be as emotional as the holiday one. Um, you know, but it should be exciting tomorrow night. Yeah, I, you're probably right. And I think part of it is just the the uncertainty around what the hell happened, right? Like, it still feels weird that he's not here. Halliday was kind of on his way out the door for a while. It was sort of, you know, is it going to be this year? Is it going to be this year? And then finally they traded him, right? We could kind of see different. that that was the way it was going to go. With Halliday, kind of felt like he wanted to be here and he wanted to win here, but we couldn't provide him with that. So in a way, how is that not the same all, thing as Edwin? We could provide him a chance to win, but we still we didn't keep him here. I think he would have rather stayed here. Well, I guess with Halliday, my point is that we we were not a contender. So as much as he wanted to be here and he wanted to win here, both Halliday and the Jays knew that for him to have that success, he had to go elsewhere. With Edwin, it just seems like it was a total fuck up on both sides. I'm actually gonna argue regardless, the other end. I I think that he will get. A similar ovation to Halliday. I think he's going to get a loud ovation every at bat, and every time he returns, so he'll get a little clap as well. I don't think he'll be that easily forgotten, especially because if it wasn't for the bat flip and how epic that was, even what happened last year in the wild card kind of cemented his place in Blue Jays history and fan lore. Like fans love him after that moment. They loved him before that, but they love him even more after that moment. He just kind of gets overshadowed by the bat flip. But I think what he did last year and what he did as a whole in his career here the last few years when, you know, they became relevant again, he was a huge part of that. I definitely agree with that. But I think there is, like, I don't think he'll be remembered as fondly as Halliday. And I think part no. of that is because of the way that he exited. Right, but no one's going to blame him for. I don't think too many people will blame him for it. It'd be different if he. But the thing is, you don't really know who to blame. Well, that's maybe why he doesn't really like. I guess it, I guess it, you can go either way with that. But I think because 
it's not really certain. It's not, it doesn't really seem like he just was like, no, I'm not going there. I get what you're saying. I just think that he's going to get a really loud ovation. Actually, not that this is going to back up what I'm saying too, too much, but it was kind of weird. Cool thing with social media nowadays, Edwin actually, I think they had a rain out um, on Thursday, or it was an off day. Um, but he l- put a live stream on his Instagram account, and there was 1,600 people on there when I joined in on the chat just to kind of watch it. He was just basically talking in Spanish. And Batista actually was on there. They were having a full-blown conversation, but it was wild. Like the whole thing, I actually stayed on there for 40 minutes because I couldn't get over it. And it was Blue Jays fans going on how much they miss him, how much they can't wait till he's back on Monday to receive an ovation, how they wish he was still here. There were, were not too many people saying like, fuck off or go away. I mean, obviously, if people are following him, they have to like him. So there's that side of it. But it got to the point where people said it so much that he said, okay. I see all your comments. I miss you guys immensely. I can't wait to be there on Monday. I love you guys. And then went back to speaking in Spanish again. Like, it was just crazy to see the support pouring in. And very few Cleveland fans <laughs> saying anything. Yeah, well, he's only been there for a month. So he definitely has a, sure. a, a richer history here in Toronto. I'm sure most of his social media following is still Blue Jays fans. You were, you were saying that he was hammered for that, right? You couldn't tell, like if he, he like people yeah, could ask him if he was, but he kept chugging water while he was on there, so he wasn't drinking while he was on the live stream. <laughs> but he acted as if he was like because he, he was just sitting there talking Spanish and singing, and he was looking a little bit um, like he'd been into the beverages. But yeah, I guess it's hard to tell. tell when you don't speak the language, right? Like, is For he sure. slurring his speech or is he just rolling his R's? <laughs> so you don't really know. It's really hard to tell. But it was wild because it was just nonstop support rolling in. And he was like, I miss you guys. I miss Canada. I miss Toronto. Yeah, not yeah, surprising. I'm, I'm definitely not surprised. He's a, he's a respectable dude anyway. So yeah. I don't he would say any different. Like I said, he'll get a, a well-deserved ovation. Like, I don't think there's any debate about that. The fans love him. He seemed to like his time oh, here. You also said that you think you'll get one ovation. That'll be the end of it. I don't think that's true. Well, I don't think he's going to get twelve standing ovations this series. No, how many guys? How many guys get that? I'm not saying that either. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying that it'll still be like he will still get people clapping and and cheering oh, yeah. every at bat sure. it goes up. Not standing ovations, but oh yeah, like where they cheered every time Halliday struck someone out. <laughs> they there were cheers. There, there was a lot of cheers for Halliday. It kind of reminded me of uh, like Sundin when he scored the the shootout winner for Vancouver in Toronto and got cheered for that, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it was almost that level of fandom for Halliday. I don't know that people were cheering every time he struck someone out, but there were no boos, <laughs> right? Like he was, he, he was definitely loved. So I, yeah, I, I think that Edwin will be fondly remembered. He'll be warmly received. But this is also the the rematch of last year's ALCS. No, so that's for sure. The Cleveland Indians are back, and we're going to see the return of Trevor Bauer to the Rogers Center tomorrow. He does. He's not going to have his finger cut up, at least not yet. We'll see if he's working on any drawings on the plane ride over here. What fucking word I, did I just say? I don't know. 
drones. Droids? Dro- I think I said a combination of drones and droids. I don't know exactly. It's we're, We just passed Star Wars Day. I might, <laughs> I might still have my mind over on Star Wars. But drones <laughs> is what Bauer did to, to injure himself. Anyway, Bauer... Speaking of ovations, too, he got a pretty good one when he came off the mound in Game 3. Yeah, and that didn't really work <laughs> out for us. No. <laughs> so we got Bauer followed by Carrasco and then Salazar. This is going to be some tough sledding for the Blue Jays here. Rob, what do you expect to see in this uh, CS rematch? Uh, probably something similar to what we saw in the CS. The Indians dominating because that's pretty much what's happened to the Blue Jays for most series this year. Does that answer your question? It's a, yeah. very optimistic. Very optimistic. Well, it's Rob. What did you think yeah. I was going to get when I threw to him? <laughs> uh, the Indians are just a better team. We all knew that coming into this year, even. Um, we didn't know to the extent of how much the Jays were going to suck, but. The Indians haven't been horrible. They've been pretty good. And uh, really, Edwin's been their worst player, which is kind of funny. But they're He usually gonna... heats up in May, too. So hopefully this is not the week he heats up. Yeah. That's just, yeah, that's Save true. For Thursday. So I'm expecting Cleveland to take at least two, maybe sweep. But uh, we'll see what we get from Stroman tomorrow. Let's see if he's over his shoulder issue or whatever it was yeah armpit tightness that's what they they called it right so that could be well i hate when my i hate when my i get that to me i I meant like i took that as pec right like if he has a a tight pec muscle he could feel that in his armpit Right, I don't know really what else because if it like lat would kind of make sense as well, but if it was lat, they probably would have said lat. Right, they just th- that's just the general area where there was tightness. I kind of I, I assumed it was it was a pec muscle, but they haven't actually said anything beyond you know kind of just tightness. So yeah, we'll see how how he comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow might be our best shot at winning. A game. I, I mean, Tuesday we don't have an announced starter right now. We apparently do now. Oh, they just Ooh. announced one. Mike Bolsinger. Oh God, is coming through. That it's not officially confirmed by the Jays, but Wilner's saying that it's been it's being announced. So <laughs> I don't know where he's getting his sources, but clearly it must be from someone up top there. They just not a, they haven't officially stated it yet, but it sounds like Bolsinger's on his way. So Bolsinger's been pretty decent in AAA this year, right? And he does have some major league starts under his belt. Not that they were necessarily good ones, but probably more than Casey Lawrence. Yeah, it's probably best to not see Casey Lawrence start a game for the Blue Jays this year. Or ever again. Oh, relax over there. He's a young guy. (laughs) Well, show us how much they trusted Bolsinger in the first place then, I guess. Because they picked Lawrence over him. (laughs) Well, he's not good. He'll be the ninth starter already this year. We only used seven last year. Pretty wild. So, I mean, Bullsinger right now in Buffalo, one and one with a one four six ERA. So he's definitely he's definitely earned the the spot. Yep. Right. We'll see if that actually transfers over. He he's a guy too. Um, 
I can't remember the player they had last year that they they ended up releasing and he got signed by the Mariners who was having a really good season in Buffalo and there just wasn't any room for him. Wade LeBlanc? Is that what yeah. yeah, LeBlanc. Yeah, they, so they you know, he's a, a veteran player that deserved a shot at the big leagues but wasn't going to get it in Toronto, so they released him. He ended up signing with the with the Mariners and got his his big league opportunity. I kind of feel like this is the same story for Bolsinger. They they do have a spot for him this year, and he's earned this spot. So we'll see if he can he can stick around for one or two more after this. But he might be a guy that's auditioning for for another rotation spot on another team. Kind of wish we had we have a block right now. We might get to face him that later this week. Is he on? Once, is he is, he's he's on Pittsburgh now. Oh yeah, he's on Pittsburgh now. And he's got I knew a I saw his name. ERA. Everybody that goes to Pittsburgh top gets better. Players on our fantasy pools rankings, so that's probably why you saw him. We might see no. him next month then. Yeah. Exactly. He's been good. Wish they wouldn't have let him go. No, he's not very good. <laughs> I mean, he's better than late toast. Yeah, he is for sure. So am I. But it might just be the Ray Searage effect again. Maybe he's going to be the next Jay Happ. We'll sign him back next year for fifteen million a season. <laughs> well, Jay Happ had pedigree before that, so I, I'm not discounting anything Ray Searage did. I'm discounting the fact that Wade LeBlanc's never been good. Yeah. Too much time talking to Wade LeBlanc. Move on. <laughs> well, Randy, what do you think about the Cleveland series here? Are you as optimistic as Rob is? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. This is. <laughs> Jays, I'll be happy the Jays win one game this series. This could be tough, but I, you know, I feel like the Jays have turned a corner. They're they're hitting the ball harder. At least you know you see in line drives they're just going right at you know the third baseman, shortstop, first base, wherever it is they're. But they're squaring it up, and hopefully some of those start to fall in. It'll be interesting to see, because Cleveland was really the team that it seems has screwed Toronto over for this year. Last year in the playoffs, they did not throw them a single fastball. It was curveball, curveball, curveball. I mean, Bauer and Tomlin particularly were, that was their their go-to pitch. And it seems like that that scouting has carried over this year and teams are are pitching the Blue Jays differently. And thus far it's working. I'm curious to see the pitching matchups and how the, like the pitch selection goes this week. And if the, the Jays can catch up to it because they sure as hell didn't do it in the playoffs. And they were talking about, you know, five o'clock starts and the, the shadows are different. So it's harder to pick up the, the spin on the ball and blah, blah, blah. It's I mean, going to look at all that blood on the mound. It just scared the shit out of all the pitch, yeah. out of all the Blue Jays hitters. Well, it's going to be indoors, a controlled environment. They're not going to have that excuse, right? And let's see what happens if they can hit the curveball because they're going to see a lot of them over the next three games. And I mean, they're, they've already seen a lot this year, and they're going to have to make adjustments. I think this is the the perfect yeah, time not, to show that you can adjust to that. It's not going to help a guy like Batista who's struggled all year. Is probably not going to break out against his pitching staff that's fair but we have some other struggling bats that might (laughs) we've got a whole bunch that are hitting under 200 still how many guys do we have under 200 right now four starting players 
Martin, Martin Travis, Go- Batista. And Goins. Is Goins under 200? Yep. I guess he doesn't have a huge sample size because he was he was near 300 when he came into the starting rotation. Or starting He's lineup. at six, 63 at-bats. Yeah, that's enough at-bats to, to say that's a legit sub-200. Well, hopefully you can turn it around. I'm going to need him this week in our Tout Wars League. Got to climb back after the brutal week I had this week. See, I, it could be worse. I, I could be as bad as the Blue Jays or as Ryan, which I, I'm not as bad as either of those teams right now. No comment. Your team sucks. <laughs> Focusing on our pool. Fucking Tout Wars. <laughs> it's very clear that you're not focused on that pool. You never even do your lineups or add players <laughs> off the waiver wire. I gained some points this week. Making my move. Making my move. You just you gained points because my team was abysmal, and I still didn't fall as far down as you. <laughs> <laughs> lots of time. Lots of time. I got a good team. It's so good healthy. My ace pitcher has been hurt all year. That's Zach Britton. That is Zach Britton. <laughs> <laughs> Cy Young candidate. Hey, Randy. Uh, not this year, no. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, you suck. That's why Moving you don't closers early. <laughs> I have to get that in there at least one podcast, at least one time. Wouldn't be the same. I tried to today. Today it was a bit of a reach. It didn't come to me as naturally, but I had to get it in there. <laughs> Did well, you not time. get like? Votes last year? Britain for Cy Young? Yeah. He definitely got votes. Yeah. I don't think he, he didn't get any first place votes. Like he was he, fourth. Yeah. He placed fourth in Cy Young voting, so that's not bad. Yeah, he had he had some second and thirds. I'm I'm pretty sure that all the first place went to uh to Verlander and Purcello. Still dumb to draft the closure that that high though. Well, it was an auction draft, so it's just the yeah, value that you put on them. You drafted Chapman before Ryan drafted Britain. True. So it's just the value that you assign to him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of closers, Roberto Asuna, five straight clean outings from this guy. Something is going right. Randy, what are you seeing from Osuna that, that has helped him? I think he's getting more into a groove now. Uh, he struggled early on, but now he's starting to pitch better with more more opportunity here. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's definitely, you're right, he's getting well, in, into a groove. But he's also, I, I think he's locating his fastball better. Which well, is his what, fastball's uh, come back, too. Now it's back up to 96. Yeah, I think he was he 94. Knocked, he, knocked the, the he knocked on the door and in walked the velocity. Oh, time. What? <laughs> he's, here's, the, here's the joke, Rob. I'll explain it to you. So Osuna, when he has a save opportunity, he and Martin do the celebration where they knock on a – like Osuna knocks on the door, Martin opens it, and then they're like, hey, and then they dab. That's, oh. that's the celebration after a save. So Ryan took that and then made a joke out of it, which I had to oh. spend 30 seconds explaining. Uh. <laughs> I usually just change the channel after the last out and don't see it because I'm trying to avoid listening to P- Buck and Pat any longer than I have to. 
<laughs> so now I know what you mean, but it still doesn't make sense. But he's just got his <laughs> velocity. <laughs> yep. Keep in mind that four of his last five games are against the Rays, who are not that good. So, yeah, even today uh, he he gave up a couple of hits there that could have been dingers. Like he was o two to Rasmus, and he throws him a hanging slider right down the middle of the plate. It was lucky that didn't get launched for a walk off home run. So he he still got some work to do. He threw some good pitches today. Like he he did spot a couple of good fastballs and threw a couple good sink. Uh, sliders with good depth so it's getting better um and hopefully it just continues to get better because we're going to need him to be almost perfect because we can't afford any more blown saves yeah the blown i mean we can't afford to miss any games that we're leading that late for the rest of the season like this team's going to have to be you know like we talked about what was it two weeks ago they're going to have to be near to 600 in order to make the the playoffs so we definitely need him and I think, like I said, they're locating the fastball has been huge for Osuna. I mean, if he's throwing 96 at the knees away, there's not many hitters in Major League Baseball that can do anything with that, right? And he's he's been spotting it there lately. And Randy, you're, you're right. He's got four of his last five outings are against Tampa Bay. However, he was struggling before that. So maybe beating up on a, a lesser opponent is exactly what he needed. Yeah, at the start of the year, he wasn't pitching regularly either, right? I mean, he missed a couple of weeks there after spring training, and then he came back, and it seemed like he was pitching every four or five days, right? So the last week and a half, he's pitched every other day. So maybe that's helping him a little bit there, the repetition, I guess. Yeah, he's definitely been he's been more present in the lineup, I think. I'm looking at it here. So he had his first his first four appearances were 10 days apart. And then in the last 10 days, he's had six appearances. So certainly getting getting more reps in. And I think we talked about, we talked about Osuna before that, you know, he was hurt and, oh no, that was Travis. We were talking about that might still be dealing with an injury, but Osuna could have come back less than a hundred percent. Right. He got, he got that new Casper mattress now. So he what? should be sleeping a bit better. He uh, he got sent a mattress. Did you Fuck, see this you know on all Twitter? About sleep shit. <laughs> <laughs> Last year it was sleep apnea. Now it's a fucking Casper mattress. He got he, <laughs> X-ray responsible. Fucking. Well, we all know Dan sleeps the deepest. I don't even know why. He got a sleep apnea mask and his Casper mattress. What I is the best sleep, pillow sleep for like sleeping? It's called a coma. I don't. I don't yeah. I got nothing for pillows, but the the Casper mattress was a thing he tweeted on like maybe two weeks ago. So Casper is a mattress company that is like they're a startup online company that there's no store. You just order online. So you cut out the middleman and save up money. By the way, if anyone from Casper mattresses is watching or listening, you know, feel free to throw us a sponsorship. I'm sure the 20 people here, someone's got to buy a, a Casper mattress. Oh, this week. I, I've actually heard of this now. Bringing a bell. So they they set him on, on the fan actually that Dean Blundell had a commercial saying you can try it for free for hundred nights. Yeah, and if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Yeah, so they sent him a mattress. <laughs> and that's all he got for his time there. <laughs> yeah, 
But yeah, hopefully he is just, you know, maybe it is he's just healthy. The velocity's back. He's he's throwing the ball more accurately and maybe, you know, beating up on the Tampa Bay Rays, give him a little bit more confidence. Hopefully we get a chance to see him this week against uh, maybe against the Indians. And then I'm, I'm still not ready to say that Seattle's significantly better than Tampa Bay, but we'll see when they're actually in town and I get to watch them. I haven't seen any other games, so I'm just really going off of box scores for that analysis. So, Oh, I'm, cool. What do you guys uh, see out of this homestand here? Nine-game homestand. Nine and zero. Think the Jays are over five hundred in this one or no? It's possible they play two against Atlanta, who they should beat. Yeah. But you, you gotta take one against Cleveland. Hope you get, I guess, three against Seattle, and then two against Atlanta. That sounds like way too many wins than this team's capable of, though. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, but that's... Cause, yeah. If they six, go, yeah. If they go one, three, four, here for six and three. Sorry, Rob, did you just run it through like you went one, three, one? Is that what you said? Uh, I said one, three, two. Yeah, which would be six and three. Right Maybe one, three, nine, one so. would do it. Or one, two, two. Yeah, and that, that seems a little more doable. I'm not. I'm not sure who the Braves will be sending up against us for those those two home games, but I really hope it's Dickie. Be Dickie. It's all right, Dickie, yeah. Big sexy and the knuckleballer. That would be awesome. <laughs> if Bartolo Colon is pitching, I might have to go watch that. I've never seen him pitch live. <laughs> that's just the, that's a sight that you have to see once in your life, I feel like. Today is actually the anniversary of his home run. Yeah. He, <laughs> I saw that. He hit his home run one year ago today. Such a beaut, that guy. <laughs> I think that looking at this matchup here, I think you can envision a five and four homestand, right? Hopefully take one out off of Cleveland. And then if you only need two off the Mariners and, and two from the Braves, that's certainly doable, right? You might even be able to get three off the Mariners and then only need one off the Braves to do that. So I think five and four is a pretty manageable record. And that'll also kind of keep us afloat, you know, before the big boys hopefully come back next week. Hopefully we'll have Donaldson and Tulo back. It looks like there's no real word on when they're back definitively, but they're still, they're getting closer, right? So hopefully at some point in this, this homestand, we see them and that'll certainly help get Sanchez back this weekend. So I think I can see five and four out of this, this homestand. So optimistic. optimistic with our five and four prediction here. Well, I mean, five and four Two. is almost five hundred. Once you get to six and three with <laughs> this team, it feels like you're shooting for the moon. Like that's way too much to expect out of the Blue Jays right now. Well, you've got two bull singer starts that probably are going to be losses. Two Liriano starts that do are probably going to be losses. Do you have two bull singer starts though? If Sanchez is back on Saturday. I guess not. You would have another Biagini start. Yeah, I guess. And then Liriano, Liriano having two starts means that he'll win one and he'll lose the other because he's just been fucking Jekyll and Hyde all, all year. 
right? He looks good one day. He's absolute trash the next. <laughs> so you can you can just call that one a split for him. Plus one yeah, looks go, probably against the Braves, so that helps. They'll go, they'll go three and six. Three and six. So you're taking what? Jesus. You're getting swept by the Indians. And you're taking what? Two off the Mariners and one off the Braves? What are you looking at there? Yeah, we'll split both series. Maybe maybe four and five they can get one win out of Cleveland. I guess I was being optimistic, eh, Rob? Wow, Jesus. I, I would probably pick four and five myself. When I was listing those, I'd say that's what they could do, not what they will do. I wouldn't be surprised if they're sw- swept by the Indians at all. Yeah, I think three or four wins what they're going to get. I don't see five or six out of this homestand. I had to, had to, had to bring it down. Six well, and three. There you go, Ryan. Fuck you guys. Six and guess. three it is. The, the Cardinals fan bringing the hype this week. Great. It is kind of ridiculous that you're the most uh, optimistic of us. <laughs> I guess we, we are... That, that we used are to be me, Ryan. Fans. I, used, I used to be you, Ryan. Hey, the gates are opening. It's coming. It's coming, boys. And then I've watched 30 games of this year, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I watched Fridays, and I watched some of today, so maybe that's why I'm, I'm excited. I didn't have to watch yesterday's bullshit. Yeah, I watched part of yesterday off and on. I was watching the Sens game, but I had I put on, uh, I think it was the eighth inning, and Grilly was just struggling out there. Couldn't get through the inning. It took him like a half hour to get three outs, it looked like. It was pretty Part off. Part for the course. Part for the course right now. Yeah. Yeah, I texted you guys. Do you, do you guys all think he finishes the year with the Jays or no? Because I would say probably not. Yeah, so you you said, actually, you, you sent us a text like two days before Salto Lamacchia got DFA'd saying that he was going to go. And then your, your text this week was the, essentially the same thing about Grilly, although you said you weren't as confident in this one. I think that, I, I think if things continue this way, he'll retire midseason. Um, I mean, he's almost 40 years old if he's not already 40. I think he's like 41 or something. Yeah, so he's, he's definitely in his last year. Right, because if he continues to pitch like this, nobody's going to sign him back for a, a year forty-two season. And I think he's earned. I think he's earned enough respect from the Blue Jays to for them not to DFA him just in what he's done around baseball and, and like you know he was an All Star for a minute there in, in Pittsburgh and he was integral in our our playoff success here in Toronto. So I I find it hard to imagine them DFAing a guy like that. I think if he continues, he will retire. And I do think that's what's going to happen. I do not think he ends this year on the Blue Jays roster. I don't know. What do you think, Rob? Um, I really wasn't listening, but I think you're talking about Grilly. So I think he's <laughs> going to end the season with the Jays. 
Uh, I just think they're they're not going to be in it, so they're not going to be looking to make sure they have top-notch bullpen or anything. They'll just let him ride out his last season and then let him retire at the end of the year. I don't think they're going to cut him because I don't think they really have anyone else to bring in in that situation anyway, unless they're trading some of their guys and getting some bullpen help back in return, which might force him out. But I think he'll just be with the team until until the end of the year, then he'll retire. Was that your question? Essentially, yes. Thank you for tuning okay. in. <laughs> what what else could you possibly be doing right now? Well, the Hangover 3 is on TV, and I'm just kind of watching that. <laughs> I watched the, right. the Hangover before this, but... We're gonna we're gonna kick it to Ryan for the final comment on Grilly, and then we're gonna wrap up. Rob, are you do you want to just sign off now, or you want to stick around for another minute? I'll, I'll stick around. Okay. I usually don't, I usually don't listen to Ryan anyway, so that's okay. That, that's for the best. I have to do it because I'm I'm kind of hosting this show, but you know it's it's difficult some days. So Ryan, what do you think about Jason Grilly? Ryan, are you there? <laughs> His his internet has been screwed all night. He made it fifty minutes. Is he gone? <laughs> oh, I figured I'd be silent. That was just Ryan being an idiot. <laughs> I thought it was a good time not to say anything. It's always just... a good time for you not to say anything. Why did you pick now? Because <laughs> he knows no one. Uh, I was crying in my grilled cheese. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's over. Idiot. I think his career is going to be done. He's got to turn it around quick. Or he's done. Like, no one else. He's not going to go anywhere else. Like, honestly, at this point in time. I mean, does Atlanta just want to have everybody that's over 40? Like, they might want him. They could have him back. But I think if he doesn't turn it around, then he's going to retire. And that's probably for the best. He's old now. He has nothing left to prove. At this point, what does him turning it around even look like? (laughs) Like a six ERA? Like that's my thing is he has to come back from the dead at this point, right? And I just don't see it being worth it to him. He's he's made his money. He's proven that he's a good major league pitcher. Like I think he's done it and just retire. Yeah, he seems to enjoy himself though, so he might just want to stick around, finish out ah. the year with with the guys. Part of it's the Blue Jays are desperate for anything so any any glimpse of hope they'll hang on to it yeah maybe he can pull in alex rodriguez and retire and become a coach he can coach the blue jays this year just like a rod did the yankees last year well rogers did make that decision to put him in their commercials so that might be reason why he sticks around too just gonna mention that it's bad business to get rid of him but maybe take him out of those high leverage situations that'd be a Good idea. Oh, he's definitely not appearing in any high leverage situations for a while. He's gonna it's gonna be months of him building back Gibby's confidence. But I can't imagine that, you know, they're gonna sell any fewer Samsung Galaxy phones if they don't have Grilly on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't play into it. Hey, it's Rogers, you never know. They haven't made too many smart decisions since coming here, so we're since buying the team. Yeah, well, I can't think of too many dumb ones. I, I mean, what have they really done as the owners of the team? Yeah, I Shapiro, guess anything. Shapiro's really the only thing of consequence besides renaming the stadium. 
right? Like not that much changed. The they, team, don't get, they don't get too involved, I don't think. Yeah, the team sucked before. <laughs> like, it's not like they came in and, and the Blue Jays were world beaters and then they started meddling around and now they're the bottom of the AL East. Like, They've they increased, opened their wallets a little bit more. They have. They've increased payroll a lot. Yeah, yeah I think I, we'd like to see it even higher, but they sure. have definitely spent money. So, anyway, I don't think Grilly's commercial has anything to do with anything. He's just terrible and should retire. <laughs> He's old. Does he have some promotional thing this year coming up? Or did I hear that somewhere? Well, they had the grilled cheese stand for one month at the Rogers Center. But that's over now. So Maybe that's what I was thinking about. Like, yeah, he has the no, the grilled cheese. No, yeah. There's no bobblehead or anything, is there? I can't I imagine at any point that there was a Jason <laughs> Grilly bobblehead. It could be like him just punching the air or something. After a strikeout. I mean, like, didn't we have, was it Aaron Sebia that had a bobblehead day after he got traded or released or whatever it was? Or was it Lori? There it is. I was, I was right, you fuckers. June 18th, fire up the Grilly barbecue apron. He won't even be here for that. <laughs> he probably gonna have to be now. Father's Day. He could bring his son to the ballpark and watch from the stands. Maybe he can throw out the first pitch, or at least have his son <laughs> throw out the first pitch. Maybe it'll be a strike. Yeah, that's that's what he has. He has a barbecue apron. Okay, that's better than a bobblehead. I feel like, but it's still what? ridiculous that he has a promotion. <laughs> How many second base? Am I at that one? How many other teams have their setup guy getting (laughs) promotional deals? Like forty-one-year-old setup guy. Like I don't even think Andrew Miller gets that. (laughs) Right, playoff playoff MVP. He's not getting it. He doesn't have a catchy name. Maybe that's the. I guess it's Miller time, but. Yeah, that's kind of maybe, then you're then you're tri- then you're yeah exactly. Maybe he retires on the 18th of June. What do you think, Rob? <laughs> you still with us? Um, I think he's gonna go to the end of the year. <laughs> oh my God. Rob, what's Leslie you Chow up to? <laughs> he just killed John Goodman. <laughs> Shot him in the back. Have right. you died? Rob, we're giving Alan a gold brick. We're going to let you go. (laughs) All right. And you can go watch The Hangover. It's the worst of the three, too. That's the sad part. Rob, you're a a trilogy of comedies. Obviously, the third one is going to be the worst. Yeah. Well, I think it's better than this, apparently. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go to bed, actually. Okay. You you do that. Make sure you lead the conversation first. <laughs> all right, we're all going to sign off. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Bat Flip Nation. If you like this for some reason, please like, subscribe, <laughs> share us with your friends. Lord knows Rob on iTunes. Be. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music. You can follow us on Twitter at Bat Flip Nation. Once again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, we're out.